This is the 10 Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. Welcome to the 10 Minute Law Firm Podcast, where we will be discussing all things to make law firms more profitable and also how to just run their business in general. I'm your host this week, Larry Port. I'm the CEO of Rocket Matter, the leading provider of cloud based legal practice management and time and billing software. Today, we are going to talk to Steve Adler. Uh, this is an interview I'm very excited about. Steve is a New Jersey super lawyer. He has 35 years worth of experience in litigation, including lawsuits involving harassment. Now, this is like a major issue these days because what's happened after Harvey Weinstein and the fallout that you're seeing across all industries, and it's happening in legal as well. On the Rocket Matter blog, we have a series of articles about what's going on in terms of uh, harassment in the legal industry, and there's some horrible stories on there. We actually interviewed Steve about uh, this exact topic, and we're delighted to have him today on our podcast to answer some questions for us. Thanks for being here, Steve. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Okay, so Steve, I guess the first question I have for you is, how pervasive is this problem in the field of legal services? What have you seen? What, do you, what can you tell us about it? It's a difficult question to answer because, as you've seen, if you've read the Harvey Weinstein allegations and um, uh, a number of other executives, there's a a use of confidentiality agreements and non-disclosure agreements, whether inside the legal community or when we represent other companies. So a lot of these cases never see the light of day. But my view is, uh, for having done this for 35 years, that as long as there are men and women working together, I think there's there's going to be problems here. I mean, you know, I go back to uh, well before the Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas hearing. That was back in 1991. And while there were some changes back at that time, obviously with what's come to light over the last few weeks in the entertainment field, you can still see how pervasive it is. Yeah, it's it's a difficult situation. Um, let's talk a little bit about, can, can you talk about what harassment is? Is there a le- legal definition for it? And if you're an employee, like, how do you know if you're like technically being harassed or, or what what should you be watching out for or, or when when is the line crossed? I don't know if you can uh, give us any clarity on that. Sure, there were a few questions there, but in terms of defining it, uh, there are two types of harassment. There's uh, what's known as hostile work environment harassment, and there's something called quid pro quo harassment. The quid pro quo harassment, uh, what that means is something for something. In other words, it's linking some uh, sexual favor to some term or condition at work. For example, a supervisor saying, if you don't go out to dinner with me or you don't go to bed with me, you're not going to get a promotion. Those are the clear, clear-cut examples, easy to, to understand. And that type of harassment can only be done by someone who's got some supervisory uh, oversight, whether it's your direct supervisor or someone who doles out raises and things of that nature. The other type of harassment 
the hostile work environment harassment is a little bit harder to define. It's when there are uh, a serious incident, uh, severe incident, or various incidents in the workplace that, that cause it to be a pervasive situation. And that type of uh, harassment can be done by a supervisor, it can be done by a colleague. It's not just limited to people who have supervisory responsibility over you. And as I said, it either needs to be a severe incident. The example I give when uh, teaching this or, or training my employer clients is the most uh, egregious example is if a woman gets raped in the workplace, that one incident is going to cause that environment to be hostile and she'll never want to come back to work. If it's uh, a joke or a comment, uh, that in and of itself is not going to be severe enough. But if there's a lot of that going on in the workplace, uh, for example, I had a case many years ago, I represented a medical device company, and the woman claimed that the owner of the company made various inappropriate comments to her, when she filed suit, she was claiming there was a hostile work environment. And if you read the complaint, you'll see that she was pointing to other things that she recalled at various times in the workplace, including, you know, Playboy centerfold picture being posted up in the loading dock. For and, God's sakes. <laughs> and things that other people may have said to others in the workplace because the objective in the complaint was to demonstrate that there were enough different incidents, even though each one by themselves might be uh, not severe enough to create a hostile environment, but if you can point to enough different things in the, in the environment to establish that it's a pervasive condition, then you can establish the hostile work environment type of harassment. And what the courts typically look at is the totality of the circumstances. So they will consider how many different incidents occurred over what time period, how severe each of them was, and ultimately, um, if there were enough, they will typically let, let the case go to a jury to decide whether or not the work environment was hostile. And the, the one other thing I should point out People misunderstand the legal term hostile work environment. Uh, there are many cases where a layman thinks they're in a hostile work environment as defined by the law when, in fact, it's just a, a boss who's mean to that person um, or, or mean to a lot of people. What a plaintiff needs to be able to demonstrate is that the hostility is directed at someone because they're in a protected category, meaning that his conduct is directed at her because of her gender, her age, her race, etc. So it's got to it's got to be a um, hostile environment based on some protected category. Gotcha. That's good information. So, um, if let's say that you're an employee and 
because uh, let's talk about the role of uh, of what's happening to these people first, because it is shocking that some of this stuff still goes on. I was a I was in high school at the time the um, Clarence Thomas stuff was going on, and I still remember wa- watching that on TV, and I remember the discussion about it. Um, and it's just shocking to me that people still behave in this way. And you, you watch movies like Wolf of Wall Street, and you just can't believe that these environments exist. How, if you're an employee, like, how do you protect yourself? Because there's probably a lot of fear of retribution. I mean, I'm sure these people go through similar to what whistleblowers go through. So what steps should they take? What's the first thing they should do if they, if people are like in a situation that's no longer tolerable for them? Well, as you've seen with, uh, with Harvey Weinstein, many people not only were in a hostile work environment, but it it, uh, it seems from all the people coming forward that there was uh, various incidents of sexual assault. And even under those circumstances, uh, many people didn't come forward. It's, and it's because of fear of retaliation, being ostracized, being not being able to get the next job in the entertainment field. So there is a lot of reasons why people don't come forward. And, you know, if I refer during our discussion today to the victim being a her, um, you know, the, the harassment laws protect not only women, but men, if you recall. Many years ago, there was a movie called Disclosure, Demi Moore and um, Michael Douglas, and the premise was that she was sexually harassing him. So, and I've tried many cases and handled many cases of uh, women being sexually harassed. I've had some cases where uh, the same gender were harassing each other. So th- there are a lot of permutations here. But in many cases, and there have been a lot of studies, women, for example, find it very difficult to come forward because it might interfere with their job or their career. If it gets to the point, which I think your question was, of I can't take it any longer uh, and, and someone does want to come forward, hopefully they come forward before that time. But if they uh, get to that point, based upon two U.S. Supreme Court cases back in 1998, they really have to come forward and report it. I'm talking about the Ellerth and the Farragher case, and those two cases provide an employer with an affirmative defense in a sexual harassment, hostile work environment case, if an employee doesn't take advantage of uh, a, a mechanism that the company or the law firm gives you in terms of where to go to complain about a problem. So what those cases say is if, for example, an employee has not suffered a tangible adverse employment action, meaning they've not been demoted, transferred, terminated, and they're just simply in a hostile environment for whatever reason, if the company or the law firm has a written policy and a place to go to complain, If that person doesn't complain, the employer in that situation has an affirmative defense 
that they acted reasonably and that the employee failed to take advantage of the sexual harassment committee or whatever procedures are in place for that person to go and complain. And if they don't complain, then they're going to be faced with this Ellerth-Farragher defense and would likely be unable to prove that the employer has any vicarious liability for what went on in the workplace. So the bottom line is they need to come forward and complain, especially in a situation where there's been no termination, demotion, etc. This is great information. Steve, we're out of time, but I want to thank you so much for being on our show today. Well, thank you for having me. Wonderful. If you want to read more about the issues affecting sexual harassment in law firms and hear some of the stories that uh, some of your fellow lawyers have experienced, please go to rocketmatter.com, click on our blog. And for if you're looking at it now, you'll see them in recent stories. If you are listeners in the future, just do a search for sexual harassment on our blog and it'll all come up. Anyhow, thank you for listening and we will catch you next week. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content. Wow.